Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome everybody to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. By the way, that is me on the drums. Thank you very much. All right, no, it's not me on the drums. But look, I, hey, I can play the drums. Not really. I do host podcasts. I eat a lot of Mexican food. Hey, that is my life. And we're glad you're with us today on the podcast. Today, who do we have? Trump. Laura Trump. And by the way, not Laura. Laura Trump. L-A-R-A. No you. She gets right to the point. She doesn't need the you. She's like a Bond movie. You know, Trump. Laura Trump. And that's who we have on the podcast today. And she is a secret agent for sure, a senior advisor for President Trump's reelection campaign. Look, she's got that North Carolina sweetness combined with those great communication skills, and she can strategize like the best of them. And that, by the way, memo to Joe Biden, not good news for his campaign. So she's going to get into all of that. In addition to that, we will talk about Joe Biden's mental fitness for office. Yes, she goes there. You know, we had Mercedes Schlapp, uh, another advisor to the Trump campaign on a few weeks ago. She also went there. So clearly uh, a strategy evolving for the Trump campaign. We'll get into that. Also, the woman's vote. Donald Trump not doing too well with women Typically, that's the mainstream media narrative. Uh, she will combat that. She'll talk about that. And I think you'll find it very interesting, some of her comments, as it relates to why women pretty much don't explain or show their support for Trump as much as they should. Also, look, she's working at home uh, during the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Aren't we all pretty much at this point? Well, not all of us. Um, but she is essential personnel for sure. But still, she's working at home. Uh, and she will talk about that. Also, how the 2020 election uh, is affected by the coronavirus. No big rally. So how does that impact the campaign? She'll also talk about the Donald Trump that she knows. Now, now look, I've known him for about 10 years. And here's the truth of the matter. Most politicians love to show their softer side in public, you know, kiss the baby, smile, do the whole thing. Not Trump. That's that's the total opposite of Trump. Donald Trump likes to show that in private, but on the outside, in public, he's the law and order tough guy. So it's really just a polar opposite for Trump. And shockingly, Donald Trump is polar opposite than every politician in this country. Uh, that's why the way that's, by the way, why he got elected. Newsflash uh, to everybody uh, who just remembers the gliding down the escalator scene. And look what happened since then. Also, uh, Laura Trump going to talk about Rice Krispie treats. That's right. When do you ever hear about Rice Krispie treats uh, on a podcast? You'll hear about it today. Uh, she is the producer and host of these Trump productions called these Real News Updates. Uh, she's a former producer at Inside Edition. So she has the techno technology. What am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. She has television skills. Okay. Why don't I say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to get upset at you, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and by the way, in case you haven't memorized the Trump family tree, let's, let's just go through it. I mean, look, there's no diagram involved. So just kind of follow me. Uh, it's really not that hard. She's married to the president's son, Eric. 
uh, and she's got two children, Charlie the dog. She's big into animal advocacy. So Charlie the dog had to make an appearance uh, during the podcast. You can go to justthenews.com to see the video of that. Charlie making an appearance. Uh, we'll send him a royalty check. Uh, so we're, we're getting the address as we speak. So she studied at North Carolina State University. So, you know, she's a North Carolina girl, gal, whatever you want to call it down there in the South. By the way, she studied at the French Culinary Institute in New York. That is impressive. I'm from New York. I know all about, well, I don't, I know a lot about food. I don't know anything about the French Culinary Institute. All I know is it's extremely impressive that she graduated from there. And she's an avid triathlete, so she's got the whole nine yards. She's 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 obviously in shape. Uh, I am as well. I'm also in shape with the multiple runs to the refrigerator. So so clearly we have a lot in common. All right, when we come back, Laura, not the U. Can we? The U is not part of this equation. Laura Trump on the podcast. Don't forget, we're at justthenews.com. Uh, we're going to give you facts. We're going to let you hear from newsmakers. You make the decision. You're smart. You have a brain. Uh, you know, the scarecrow wanted a brain. Uh, I'm not saying you're like the scarecrow, but look, the truth of the matter is, what was the moral of the story? I don't know the moral of the story. The moral of the story of the Wizard Oz, I guess, with the scarecrow was that, look, he had a brain all along, didn't he? And you have a brain, so you can use it. Justthenews.com. That's where you can download the Pod's Honest Truth. Uh, as you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and John Solomon there as well. John Solomon reports his podcast there. Cheryl Atkinson's podcast. And next, Laura Trump on the Pod's Honest Truth. And welcome back to The Bod's Honest Truth with David Brody. All right, uh, time now for our interview with Laura Trump, uh, the senior advisor to the Trump campaign. And look, I, I think what you're going to find out is the Trump campaign has a secret weapon. You ready for the secret weapon's name? Joe Biden. That's right, Joe Biden. Laura Trump will explain that and a whole lot more in our interview. Here it is. Laura Trump, great to see you. Senior advisor for the Trump campaign. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate this. Oh, you got it. Thank you for having me. Great to be with you. All right. Let me ask the personal question first. How are things at home? Uh, where, where in the world are you? And is everybody is, is everybody OK? Everybody's great. Uh, I am at home in New York. And full disclosure, I have my dog Charlie here with me. Uh, because this is how it's going. I either have a kid or a dog in the background these days with whatever I'm doing. But listen, we're, we're doing our part. My husband, Eric, and I are trying to work from home, like so many Americans, I think, right now, and do our part to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Uh, obviously, for anybody out there that has kids, you know this can be a trying time. Uh, but listen, we're, we're trying to look at it. Uh, the silver lining of all of this is that we do get to spend more time together as a family very close quarters as a family, but uh, but it's great. And we're really lucky. We're all healthy. So thank God right. for that. Americans multitasking for sure. Um, let, let me ask you about uh, the coronavirus and what you are telling staffers there, uh, supporters as well, uh, potential voters out there about uh, what they can do not only to stay safe, but, you know, the last time I checked, there's a general election campaign coming up. And what do you do specifically? How do you cope under these circumstances and still try to win a general election in 2020, Laura? Yeah, I, this is a, an unprecedented time, obviously. And we're mm -hmm. trying to roll with the punches here at the Trump campaign. Currently, our offices are shut down. Uh, we're trying to follow the guidelines of the, the government and um, I'm in New York. We have an office in New York, and that'll that mm -hmm. will be closed until Governor Cuomo deems it uh, appropriate for people to go back to work. 
our office in D.C. is currently closed as well for uh, a limited time. We'll see when we can reopen that. But in the meantime, we've been doing things uh, virtually from the Trump campaign. We are all working from home and we are doing things like hosting uh, town halls. Uh, we have had a women's town hall uh, that we've had scheduled now for about a week. So we, Kaylee McEnany and I, uh, participants in that. And we're going to do more things like that to try and connect uh, across the country with uh, our voters and people that want to support this president. We're still encouraging our volunteers out there to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we do have, to your point, a general election coming up in November. So people are still able to make calls. We know you're home out there, so you better <laughs> answer your phone when the Trump campaign calls. Um, but but obviously, everyone's health is is at the forefront of our minds, and we want everybody to stay safe, to stay home, and and help stop the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, that said, I think the interesting thing is you haven't heard much from Joe Biden, Biden or Bernie Sanders throughout this whole process uh, during the coronavirus. They've tried to stay relevant, but uh, I think you're seeing the strong leadership from President Trump and. It's going to be really hard uh, come November to push back against that. Well, Laura, I was going to ask you about that. When we have heard from Joe Biden just recently, the last time I checked, he was uh, talking about the National Guard twice in the middle of uh, a 10 second uh, sentence. In other words, he's had some stumbles along the way. He himself calls him. He calls himself a gaffe machine. Uh, what is how how will this work for you guys? In other words, how do you attack or go after a Joe Biden uh, in the general election? Well, uh, I'll tell you, David, I don't even know if we have to do much. I think Joe's doing it himself in many <laughs> cases. I mean, it, it actually, in, in some ways, I think is a little bit sad to see. It's almost like someone who's kind of past their prime, still kind of maybe being pushed out there by other people. I'm not totally sure what the situation is, but it's not lost on many people in this country. Mm -hmm. The fact that Joe Biden probably is not as sharp as he used to be if you can even call him sharp at all. Um, so I think a lot of people wonder cognitively, is Joe Biden okay? And, and we question that every time we see him take the stage. So as we head towards November, you know, prior to coronavirus, I think if Joe Biden is the nominee for the Democrats, which by all accounts, it looks like they've really propped him up and pushed him out there and made him their de default nominee. Uh, they've tried to do the same thing to, to Bernie Sanders they did in 2016 and push him out of the way. Um, originally, we were looking very much forward to being able to show the great results uh, that Donald Trump produced as president for the past three and a half years versus what Joe Biden did with basically a lifetime as a politician, which wasn't a heck of a whole lot. Um, now, as we're looking at the president's response to the coronavirus and we're seeing his great leadership, you see that there are polls out there that are showing that the mm -hmm. vast majority of Americans highly approve of the way the president has handled the coronavirus. We're obviously in unprecedented waters. We've never been here as a mm -hmm. country. Uh, listen, we'll, we'll obviously be able to, to talk about that and show when uh, in a crisis, this is your leader. And I think it's going to be really hard for Joe Biden to say much of anything because every time he's trying to do it and talk about the coronavirus, he's even stumbling then. So we'll see what mm -hmm. he hands to us. But I think he's doing a lot of work for us. Laura, what's the challenge ahead for you guys as it relates to the rallies? Uh, President Trump loves these rallies. Uh, they are huge, not just from uh, an, an enthusiasm standpoint, but honestly, from an analytic metric standpoint of what the data that you collect. Can, can you tell me a little bit about some of the challenges there because there haven't been these rallies that normally would be? And when do you might, do you expect these to at some point uh, continue as we get closer to the general election? 
Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, you know how much the president loves getting out there and talking right. directly to the people of this country. Um, it's the one time that there really is no filter for him. Um, and he loves the energy that he feels from the crowds of people. And, you know, I don't have to tell you, you know, that we get, you know, quadruple the number of RSVPs for, for most of these rallies than the arenas themselves can actually hold. So we get, you know, on average, like 60,000 people RSVPing plus for yeah. these rallies. Um, it has been challenging. You know, we, we determine a lot from the, um, the data we get from the people that sign up to go to a rally. On average, prior to the, this coronavirus situation, mm -hmm. we were seeing that around 20 to 30 percent of our attendees were registered Democrats. Around 17 percent mm -hmm. of our attendees did not vote in 2016. So these are numbers that are really important to us from the Trump campaign. Obviously, we will take um, the direction of the, the president, the federal government, um, the advisories that they're issuing for people to stay home, to not gather in large groups. Mm -hmm. We're listening to that. So as soon as it's safe for the president to get back out there and get back out at a rally, believe me, we would love to do that. But obviously the health and safety of everyone in this country is our top priority. Um, but but we certainly do miss getting all the the great information uh, you know that we do gain from uh, from the rallies, our, our voter contacts, the people that we're able to reach out to and ask to, donate to the president's campaign, or make sure you get out and vote, make, make sure you're registered to vote. We can't do that whenever we're not doing the rallies. That said, we are still seeing uh, a lot of participation. Everybody who's virtually helping us at home uh, and still volunteering and helping out the president, uh, it's making a big difference. Let me ask you a little bit about the president and how he's been leading the, the, uh, the coronavirus uh, daily briefings that we've been seeing. It's funny that there he is in the daily briefing room and half the media is not there, which is kind of ironic and interesting. But anyhow, um, tell me a little bit about what you make of him and the, and the sparring a little bit with the media, because they seem to just always want to take him to task on so many different things. What's been your read on that? Well, it's got to be really challenging. I mean, think about finding yourself in the president's shoes. You know, yeah. a month ago, nobody had any idea that this coronavirus was going to be the situation that it is in this country. If you would have told us three or four weeks ago that most of the country was going to be asked to stay home for several weeks on end, that most of our economy would be shut down, businesses shut down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's unheard of. So mm -hmm. the president really is is walking a fine line between making sure that the, the health of people in this country is obviously at the forefront, but he also doesn't want to totally shut our country down for an indefinite period of time. We, we cannot sustain something like that. No country mm -hmm. can. He's doing everything he can. He's working around the clock. And then you have these reporters in these the briefings asking him the same question 10, 20 times in a row sometimes. It seems mm -hmm. like you hear the same question over and over again. He gets frustrated by it, you know, so it's hard to to um, fault him, I think, for for being a little bit testy with people and pushing back on them. Um, he I think he's doing such a great job. You know, he will get criticized, David, no matter what he does. You saw that about a month and a half ago, two months ago, he made sure that people from China who had been in the areas of China that were affected by the coronavirus before mm -hmm. it was even a thought here in the United States weren't able to come here. Of course, he got criticized for that. He gets criticized for calling it the Wuhan virus. It originated in Wuhan, China. I mean, this is crazy that this, these are the kind of things that, that they're trying to hit him on. But they're, uh, sometimes it seems like, by and large, the leftist mainstream media is desperate to attack this president 
even in the face of a crisis like this, even whenever it really seems like he's doing such a great job to the majority of Americans. Um, but listen, he's a fighter. He's going to fight back. He's going to stand up for himself. He's going to stand up for this country. And the team of people, by the way, who are working around the clock to keep this country safe, to pull us out of this situation, um, he's fighting for them, too, because because they are also feeling, I think, a little bit like maybe they're being attacked as well. So you can't fault him for that. No, I got to tell you, uh, I think there was someone who said about criticism of Donald Trump by the media. It's like even if Donald Trump uh, cured cancer, the, he, the headline would be in The New York Times, you know, Trump puts doctors out of business. Uh, so, so, you know, something along those lines. But uh, let, let me ask you a little bit about women in the suburbs, suburban women. We've heard a lot about it. Here's the mainstream media narrative. I don't need to tell you, you know, oh, he's going to have trouble. He, the president's going to have trouble in the suburbs with women, independent women, all of that. What is your read on all of that? What's the response to that? I know you have the Women with Trump rallies uh, and virtual town halls and all that. What's How do you combat that? I know there's a record to combat that, but how do you combat the narrative that's out there? Because you have the media pretty much perpetuating that every single day. Well, I mean, for me, I'll tell you, I am shocked everywhere I go by the number of women specifically who come up to me and talk about how much they love this president. Uh, we had several uh, Women for Trump uh, bus tours that we had set up that have been postponed until it's, yeah. it's safe for us to be out there. Um, but we have a bright pink bus with Women for Trump on the side. You can't miss us out there around the country. Um, but we're uh, really our goal with um, our Women for Trump coalition and all of these events we host is to make sure the women out there in this country know that it's okay to support this president. Uh, the media, I think oftentimes, uh, to your point, their narrative is always that women don't support Donald Trump. Um, mm -hmm. An interesting statistic that I always like to point out is that in 2016, about a quarter of our donations to the Trump campaign came from women. In 2019 and 2020, half of the donations coming into the Trump campaign are from women. So while women are, I think, a little afraid out there to voice their opinion, voice their support for this president, which is ridiculous. You know, we, we live in a time where uh, women and men are equal and we should have the right to voice our support for whomever we like. Um, I think women are made to feel like they, they shouldn't do that. So they're not posting on social media. Maybe they're not talking to their friends. I had one woman, just a quick story, which I always find. Sure. She's been walking with the same friend of her. She lives in California for about 25 years. Every day they go on a walk to work out together. She said this friend of hers, she wasn't sure whether or not this person supported Donald Trump. So they never talked about it. She's terrified to tell this person. I'm like, this is crazy. You, This is the president of the United States. But I think a lot of women can relate to that out there. So our message is it's okay to support President Donald Trump. The second you start talking about your support, an interesting thing happens. I think women all across this country and mm -hmm. men alike feel this way. You go out to dinner with people that maybe you haven't, you know, known very long. And the second one person breaks the ice and says something positive about Donald Trump, then everybody joins in. Oh, we love the president. He's so great. This and that. Right. So we want to encourage people to do that out there. You know what? You might be able to change somebody's mind who maybe heard something on the, the news that wasn't true. The president calls it fake news. There's a lot of it out there about this president. It's up to all of us to talk about the things he's done why he's so great for this country and why we need him for four more years. Laura, as we wrap up, you know, I, I do, I've, know, I've known him for 10 years. You've known him longer. Uh, but what I've noticed, though, is that 
just like all of these politicians who love to kiss babies in public and show the softer side, he's the exact opposite. He'd rather show the softer side in private and be the law and order tough guy in in, uh, in public. I, I'm wondering what your thoughts about him and uh, the man that you, that, that you know and that the media tries to, to stereotype in a certain way. Well, you're right. I, I always wish that more people knew the side of Donald Trump that I know. Um, obviously, having two kids of my own, um, I can tell you that he is an awesome grandfather, and he doesn't get to see his grandkids nearly as much as he would like. The first thing he asks me every time I see him, how are Luke and Carolina? How's everybody at home? Um, he cares so much about this country. And I think oftentimes people forget that. People forget that this is a man that didn't need to do this job. Right, right. He had a great life before becoming president. Everybody, by and large, liked Donald Trump. It, Hollywood, mainstream media. He was a person that a lot of people went to to get his opinion about things um, on, on both sides of the aisle. So by running for president, he knew what he was taking on. He knew that he was in for a fight. But I can tell you, he does this because he cares so much about this country to make sure this country is set up properly for his grandchildren and their peers and future generations this is a country that was really close, I think, to being lost. And I think a lot of people understand that. And they felt that in 2016. And it needed tough love. We needed somebody like Donald Trump to come in and maybe say things differently than we wanted to hear them. No <laughs> sugarcoating, no buttering things up, but giving it to us straight and doing what needed to be done. Um, but but he's a guy that that really cares, that loves his family like all of us, loves spending time with us. None of us get to see each other as much as we'd like, but I'll tell you, when we're all together, we have some of the greatest laughs, and he is truly one of the greatest storytellers I've ever met in my life. I always look forward to our family gatherings and dinners together, um, but, but I, I wish more people knew that, and I wish more people remembered the Donald Trump from 10 years ago, from even mm -hmm. six years ago, that didn't need this job, but did it because he knew he probably was our last hope. Laura Trump, always a pleasure to see you. And, you know, look, you have that, you, I know you have that degree, that French Culinary Institute degree. Are you ba are you baking some stuff? I mean, what's going on over there? Well, I'll tell you, since we've been kind of quarantined at home, I've been doing things that my son can help me do, like making Rice Krispie treats and, and sort of easier things. We'll work up to, you know, some real fancy desserts one day. Uh, but but as as we've been home, I've been trying to do things to involve the kids. So we have been cooking, and you can ask my husband about that. Even he will say that we've been been doing a lot more cooking around the house. Great, a new segment, cooking with Laura Trump uh, here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Hey, uh, Laura, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate. It. Stay safe, uh, the whole family. Thank you. You too. That is Laura Trump here on The Pod's Honest Truth. If you want to see video of the interview, we've got that up somewhere on the site, justthenews.com. That's where you go for that, justthenews.com. Hey, look, go in the search engine, type Laura, L-A-R-A, not you. Go ahead and type that, and uh, you will indeed find video, the podcast, a whole lot more. Uh, my grocery list from last week, that's long. It's a PDF file. It runs nine pages. Hey, look, final thoughts here about what she was talking about regarding Joe Biden. You know, I I've thought a lot about this because I have nothing better to do than just to think all day. 
And before Joe Biden got in the race, I, I was, you know, I provide analysis for CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network as well, and and meet the press and, and other places around town, if you will, Fox News uh, too. And I was convinced that the only candidate or potential candidate in the race that could beat Donald Trump would be Joe Biden. Now, that was before he announced his candidacy. Now that he has announced his candidacy, looks like he's going to be the front runner for the Democrats. I have come to the conclusion that I don't see any way he beats Donald Trump at this point. I mean, why? Look, I don't want to get into age and 77 and all of that. But the truth of the matter is Joe Biden has lost a step. I've interviewed Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a good guy, a nice guy, an honorable guy and a patriot. There's no, not even a question about that. The truth of the matter is he has lost a step. Now, the Trump campaign and others are pointing to uh, his mental faculties. Look, uh, that'll have to be decided by the voters. All I will say is that I'm not quite sure at this point that uh, he'll be able to beat Donald Trump. Yes, he can win some blue-collar Rust Belt voters, but look, in this day and age, especially with coronavirus, as Donald Trump has said before, you need someone with stamina. And and I've got to tell you, uh, Donald Trump's uh, moniker or label for Joe Biden, where he called him Sleepy Joe. Remember he did that? And I think at the time, a lot of folks were like, hmm, Sleepy Joe, okay, don't quite get it exactly. Well, I think we, now we do get it. I mean, once again, Donald Trump is the master brander in politics. He does this to everyone, and he's right on. Uh, is there a sleepiness to Joe? In other words, is he up for the job? Look, I'm not suggesting he is or he isn't. That's for you to decide. That's for the voter to decide. But Donald Trump seems to be on to something as it relates to uh, many of the gaffes that Joe Biden has had, uh, not just throughout his career, but especially recently. Uh, and so, look, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's a credible uh, strategy that the uh, Trump campaign is uh, employing. Uh, I think it's a, a legitimate question for voters to ask whether or not a candidate has the in essence, the, the mental faculties to handle the job. I, mean, I think that's legitimate. Now, if we're going to start speculating about his mental health and, and, and you know, that's obviously a medical issue. It's a private issue. It's, a, you know, uh, it's sensitive when it comes to your age and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. I mean, I'm not suggesting any of that, but I'm saying that you're going down a road that it can be a bit dangerous. So I think it has to be navigated uh, tactfully and correctly, but it is clearly a legitimate, a legitimate issue for voters. All right. Appreciate Laura Trump on the pod. Uh, pod's Honest Truth. Going to have a lot more uh, newsmakers. Look, we've had so many. Uh, could you please subscribe? Go to justthenews.com. Please, I have a 5.0 rating. You know the deal. I say this every time, but I've got to keep up that 5.0 rating. If I dip below that 5.0, then I am in serious trouble of having basically a major meltdown. Uh, and it won't be pretty for me. Uh, I'm going to have to go into, you know, isolation uh, because I'm just not going to, uh, it's just not going to, be nice for me. And that's that's a problem. So uh, until next time, everybody, we've got a lot of newsmakers coming up on the show already this week. We've had uh, Mike Huckabee. We had Paula White. We had Roger Stone. We had Laura Trump. In the past, we've had Steve Bannon, uh, Sean Spicer, Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Buried the lead, the vice president. Um, and on and on it goes. Ben Carson. Oh, I just can't even forget. And look, this is just the first month or so of the podcast. So please subscribe. See you next time on the Pod's Honest Truth.